This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. With countless Americans out of work, there's a real demand for good-paying jobs. Yet in one of these fields, healthcare. One expert says too many jobs are going to workers from foreign countries. Currently, about 25% of all physician jobs in the U.S. and 15% of all the healthcare jobs are given to foreign-trained, foreign-born healthcare workers. Then, a new survey indicates that schools may not be challenging enough for our children. 37% of fourth graders say their math work is often or always too easy. More than a third of high school seniors report they hardly ever write about what they read in class. Those two stories and more are heading your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. Our show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. With countless numbers of Americans out of work, there's a real demand for good-paying jobs, especially those requiring advanced skills. Yet in one of those fields, healthcare, an expert says too many jobs are going to workers from foreign countries. We welcome Dr. Kate Tolenko to InfoTrack. It's a pleasure to be here today. You're a pediatrician and you're the author of InSourced, how importing jobs impacts the healthcare crisis here and abroad. Give us the big picture. How many healthcare jobs are Americans losing to foreign born and foreign trained workers? First of all, it's important for your audience to know that this is an issue that directly affects them, whether it affects the quality of care they receive or the career opportunities their children or family members have. It affects all of us. Directly to your question, currently about 25% of all physician jobs in the U.S. and 15% of all the healthcare jobs in the U.S. are given to foreign-trained, foreign-born healthcare workers. And if you actually add all these jobs up, multiplied by an average salary of about $60,000 a year, that's $90 billion a year of salaries that are basically lost because they're not being given to Americans. So it's a huge amount of money. I guess that begs the question, why are these jobs being given to foreign sources rather than U.S. sources? The simple answer is that as our needs for healthcare workers have grown in the U.S. over the last 50 years, the number of training slots that we have in our medical, dental, pharmacy, and nursing schools have not expanded an equivalent amount. And because of this, we recruit health workers from overseas. And I want to do a little bit of myth-busting. A lot of people think that Americans don't want to be healthcare workers anymore or that Americans don't want to be nurses anymore because it can be dirty, difficult work. But nothing could be further from the truth. Every year, American nursing, medical, dental schools turn away tens of thousands of qualified applicants. So Americans really want these jobs. They're some of the best-paid jobs with the best career advances and best social rewards. When you look at polls of Americans, what occupations they most admire, healthcare workers, physician nurses are always at the top of the list. So Americans want these jobs. It's just that we haven't expanded the number of slots. And there are a variety of reasons for this. The cost of higher education over the last 20 years has expanded faster than inflation, so much to the point that Americans now have more educational debt than credit card debt. And even as fast as the cost of higher education has expanded, the cost of 
training healthcare workers has gone up even faster. And so in some ways, we've outpriced our ability to train healthcare workers. And so one of the solutions that I offer is turning more to community colleges to cost-effectively train Americans to be healthcare workers. Well, let me ask, since you bring up education, we sometimes hear that our science and math and related training in this country, or perhaps our students aren't quite as adept as those coming from India or other parts of the world. Could this be a factor as well? For the healthcare sector, it's not. Tens of thousands of qualified applicants are turned away from American schools. So it's not an issue with our secondary school system, with our high schools. It's more an issue with our capacity at the university level. And in fact, every year, several thousand Americans go to medical and nursing schools in the Caribbean. Those would be people you include in your list. No, no, we do not. Oh, you don't? Okay. Um, The U.S. Department of Education gives about $300 million every year for Americans to be trained overseas to be nurses and physicians. And so that money in some ways is lost from the American economy because it's spent in the Caribbean rather than being spent in the U.S. That is a loss. But I'm glad to have the Americans come back and work in their own communities. But the part that I am more concerned about is when we recruit away healthcare workers from some of the poorest, sickest countries in the world, because that really damages their healthcare system and makes it very difficult for them to address epidemics, whether it's avian flu or swine flu or multidrug-resistant tuberculosis. So it really actually has effect on global health and potentially an effect on the U.S when we damage the healthcare systems of other countries. It's interesting to hear that there is such a demand for these jobs because we sometimes hear that the medical profession is, as you mentioned, it's a myth, that there's less interest in it, perhaps because of the bureaucracy with government payments and all of these other issues. But you say the demand for these jobs by Americans is just as high as it ever was. Yes, to be a physician, what other occupation could you go into and be almost guaranteed to make a hundred or $200,000 a year? They're really fabulous jobs. They are, although I've also read that the debt you can incur can be massive because of the cost of the education, but you get the money back at the other end. Yes. So. The challenge with the debt is it makes people more likely to practice specialty care rather than primary care and more likely to practice in major metropolitan areas and rural areas where they get paid more. But there are fixes to that, reimbursing primary care more and reimbursing for practicing in underserved communities more. So there are good fixes to those problems. We're talking on InfoTrack with Dr. Kate Telenko, author of InSourced, How Importing Jobs Impacts the Healthcare Crisis Here and Abroad. Doctor, you haven't mentioned if there are quality issues with the foreign-born, foreign-trained healthcare people. Are their skills up to par in general? Well, this is a great concern that I have. Any healthcare worker, in order to practice in the U.S., they do have to be licensed. But it's important to point out that even those that get licensed in the U.S., they tend to score lower on the licensing exams than American-trained health workers because they train in very different systems where the diseases are different, the medicines and the equipment are different. And also, when you look at many of these healthcare workers, they come from systems and countries in which domestic violence is either not a crime or not prosecuted, in which homosexuality is a capital offense, societies in which if a woman is not married, she's automatically presumed not to be sexually active, so pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases can be missed and also societies in which very premature babies are not given treatment. And so you really need to think, is this the type of healthcare worker you want taking care of you and your loved ones? 
What are some solutions that you see might work to alleviate this problem? Obviously, there's nothing that could be done overnight because of the way the system is, but what ideas are there to change this? You know, one of our greatest needs is in nurses. Most associate-level nurses can be trained in two or three years, so actually we can get some pretty quick turnaround on many of these things. As I mentioned before, working with your local community college and nursing program to expand the number of training slots they have can be a huge help, and it's very important that people are recruited and trained locally. Also, we need to align current state and federal higher education budgets with our needs. We're training a lot of people into fields that are dying or really will never quite recover. And we need to realign that training funding into the healthcare sector so we can train to meet our needs. And when you look at how America's aging, we're going to need even more healthcare workers in 20 or 30 years than we have now. And just to give an example, every year America imports 10,000 physicians. That's every year. That would be the equivalent of adding one to two medical schools in every single state in the country. So we're talking about a significant expansion in education. But I think we can use American ingenuity to stabilize or drive down the cost of health professional education so that we can train more Americans to be healthcare workers and also recapture that $30 million of money from the U.S. Department of Education that's currently being sent to the Caribbean. Instead, keep those American students in the U.S. and train them here. And we also need to immediately stop recruiting healthcare workers from the most affected countries and wean ourselves off the dependence of foreign trained healthcare workers. You mention in your book some other countries that have taken measures to curb insourcing and I assume those are some of the steps that they took. Right. For example, the United Kingdom, Britain, used to recruit tens of thousands of healthcare workers every year, and they realized that this was hurting themselves, hurting the other countries, and they expanded their number of training slots, and so they now no longer import healthcare workers. That's been a huge victory. And you actually look at the U.S. past history during World War II, we doubled the output of medical and nursing schools in the space of two to three years, so it can be done again. It's not an impossible task. It just takes political commitment. Is there anything the average healthcare consumer can do to work toward a better situation? Getting involved in your local school and helping them train more, being willing to be seen by a nursing student or a medical student and understanding that you play an important role in training the next generation of healthcare workers who are going to help take care of you and your family in the future. Also, talking to your elected officials about starting more schools, expanding existing schools, and weaning our dependence off of foreign healthcare workers. Because the health sector is the largest sector in the U.S. and the one that's going to expand the most over the next 10 to 20 years. In fact, during this Great Recession, the healthcare sector was the only sector to expand jobs while all other sectors lost jobs. So it's really a crucial sector for America and one that we need to invest in. And also there's incredible potential in our economy as we invent new drugs, new types of therapies, that we need to keep our healthcare sector robust and create more jobs for Americans within the healthcare sector. The book is Insourced, How Importing Jobs Impacts the Healthcare Crisis Here and Abroad. And the author is Dr. Kate Telenko, board-certified pediatrician. Kate, we want to thank you so much for joining us on InfoTrack. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Next, is the system making it too easy for our kids to loaf through school? The startling story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this.